are listening to the audio preaching podcast from North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California, led by Pastor Jack Treber. Though located in the heart of the Silicon Valley, you will hear fervent, old-fashioned revival preaching from the pulpit of North Valley Baptist Church. It is our desire that you will be helped by this gospel message. Well, did you get the R? It's a father. He writes this book, 31 chapters. A wise father, the wisest man we're told that time that ever lived, wise King Solomon. And he writes to his son, Rehoboam. And he writes instruction to his son, correction to his son. He talks about everything using the letter W. He talks about wisdom. And I've marked them all in my Bible 125 times. He talks about being wise or wisdom, to have discernment. He uses the word walk or way or path 103 times in these 31 chapters. He dedicates three chapters to women. You can either be a five, six, or a seven woman. That's a strange woman. That's a wicked woman. Or you can be like the ladies of this church of Proverbs 31 lady. Who can find a virtuous woman? And so you single kids, you single men, you choose what you want. There might be a lot of fun and enjoyment in a five, six, or seven, but there's no life outside of a 31, I'll tell you that right now. And God bless you men for marrying good ladies. Then the, the W words, uh, lips, tongue, speech, 163 times. I was told years ago, I heard a preacher preach, train up a child. He says, train deals with shape the mouth. If you don't get a mouth of a child, you'll never get their heart. When children say such words, and forgive me for saying like, shut up, and you're stupid, and you're ugly, and things of that nature, uh, those are unkind words. When children in the family, brothers and sisters, war against one another with their words and call names and push and shove, we've not yet received the heart of a child. It starts with the words, kind words. And he deals with this here. I think of the word, I don't like this word because I, don't, I believe in spanking, corporal punishment, but the W is whippings. And he gives us many chapters how to spank a child. You never spank a child in the face. God has provided a better place. Brother Russ and I were in an airport in Dallas yesterday coming back, and we heard a mother cussing at her little children because something spilled. Mothers ought never use their mouth that way, with words that way. He talks about work through the Bible in the book of Proverbs. Uh, uh, don't be a slugger. Don't be slothful. And he wants us to work. Christians ought to be the best workers at their job. We ought to work like no other people. We ought to do it without complaining. We ought to do it with a grateful heart and thank our boss and employer for the job that we've been given. I have the word wealth, riches, money, 87 times. He says, money makes themselves like wings. They fly away. He has the word wine, and wine is mentioned over. It's a mocker. It's a strong drink as a raging, and whosoever is deceived thereby is not wise. 
The word ways, 86 times. The word wicked, 89 times. So here we get to our letter R that I have before you. And I wonder, as we look at this book, I'm going to give it to you right now. And it's not going to sound profound, but it's the book of rules. A father lays down rules for a son. And if you're visiting us around the auditorium tonight, uh, we are ways that I have like a Bible study. It's like a classroom. And tonight, uh, I think I'll be the teacher and you be the students. If that doesn't work, we'll switch this thing around and you be the teacher and I'll be the student. That'll be very interesting. And you'll probably all gang up on me. But tonight, rules. Rules. Regulation. And I'm going to get to the word especially in a moment, conviction. Because rules are based on conviction. There's safety in rules. And tonight I want you to know that right in the book of Genesis, there's only two people on planet earth other, be, other than God. And God said only one rule. Just one. What was that rule? You cannot touch the tree of the fruit of knowledge and you can't touch it. That belongs to me. I, I don't, I'm no horticulturist, but I understand that in horticulture that, that all trees can be eventually traced back to 10. There's been offshoots and there's been grafting, but there's basic 10 types of trees originally. But isn't it amazing one-tenth of them belong to God? That one's mine. Don't you touch my tree. They had nine other types of trees, perhaps more, I'm not sure. But they had all these trees. They had the rivers. They had the plants. They had everything. It was beautiful. But they did the one thing God said not to do. They did not believe in prohibition. Prohibition says no. And when your mother or your father says no one time, no should mean no. When the police officer says no, no should mean no. When a judge says no, no should mean no. When a boss says no, no should be no. No is not debate. No means no. This rule is going to stay in order. I want to say these things and I'll look at this and I want to get to this word conviction. But one, I'd like to say in introduction, there's safety in rules. There is safety in rules. I watched many years ago on Clyde Avenue, it's 25 miles an hour on our other property. It's residential. And a man came flying down the street and they were estimated he was going somewhere between 75 and 90 miles an hour. Got that speed up so high, he was high on drugs. And I'll never forget when he wrapped that tree, uh, that, that car around a tree. You know what he, he did? He obeyed the rules. There's a rule of gravity. And he said, I can take this 25-mile curve faster than that. Well, at some point, you cannot take it faster than that. You're going to flip that car over, and you're going to destroy lives. A young man and his friend who was with him were drunk a few weeks ago on a Friday night and driving down this road, and you'll notice that the the uh, light pole went out and the tree was knocked down and uh, the water was knocked out here. And they wrapped that uh, beautiful BMW as drunken drivers around that tree and destroyed the tree. 
but they also destroyed their lives as they went to jail that night. You cannot violate the rules. You think I can drive drunk, you cannot drive drunk. There are rules, there's safety and rules. Your mother, your dad lays down rules. It's an amazing thing. I've told you before, we've copied off the rule books from Stanford University. It's this tall, I have it, believe, in my office, eight and a half by 11, Brother Kevin Manley, you did that for me. 1,200 pages of rules. The Golden State Baptist College rule book's about this big. North Valley Baptist School yearbook is about, our school book is about this big of rules. North Valley Baptist Church rule book is one page front and back, basically. Not a lot of rules. God's, God gave us a book here. It's, it's, it's a rule book. It needs to be obeyed. God said you can govern a nation on 10 rules. Israel, you can govern your nations on no other gods before me. You can govern your nation, do not take my name in vain. You can govern your nation by six days shalt that labor. Remember the Sabbath, keep it holy. Honor thy father and mother, commandment number five. Thou shalt not lie, thou shalt not steal, thou shalt not commit adultery, thou shalt not covet. God said you govern your life by these 10 rules. That's all you need, 10 rules. Washington, D.C., they publish rules every day. Sacramento, I've been there. You've been there so much, Brother Everson, working. They publish every day. I watch them walk around with a hand truck, and they deliver what happened the day before. I heard someone bemoaning the fact, well, there goes Congress again. I think August they take a break. They're taking a break again. And they complain about it. I get happy. They're not spending money, and they're not creating any more rules for us. Let them take a vacation all the time. It'd be wonderful. Rules. Rules, their safety. Their security in rules. Number three, their submission in rules. We have an opportunity to say, I will obey, I'll not obey. We're a lot like the cow or the horse that is in a pasture, and it has the bob wire, two strands, or sometimes three strands of fence. And what do they do? They have this big field. But where do you find them eating most of the time? Their head's between the wires. They want to get on the other side of the fence. You think, hey, boys, did you notice? I called them boys, ladies. Did you notice that? Hey, boys, get on the other side of the fence. We always want to push things. I want to say, number four, there's sorrow and sadness in breaking the rules. There always is. Tonight, we look at Proverbs, and I want you to see that every, almost every verse is a rule, and he compares good and bad in most of the verses. But I want you to notice, for example, verse 10. Let's read verse 10, chapter 1, verse 10. Here's a rule. Ready? Begin. My son... And, and he says, if they say, come, lay, uh, come with us, let us lay wait for the blood, let us lurk, let us swallow apart uh, alive, and cast thy lot among us. But he says in verse 15, will you read it? Ready? Begin. My son. Let's read verse 15 one more time. Ready? My son. Do you think that's a rule? It sounds like a rule to me. 
It's like Psalm 1-1, Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of the sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. I'll never forget hearing um, our chaplain in Washington, D.C., Barry Black. And uh, Barry Black is a godly man, a black man. He was a military high-ranking man. And he was preaching at a breakfast where I was at in Washington, D.C., the president was there, and Supreme Court Justice King uh, 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 Abdul from Jordan was there. A lot of folks were there. Congress people were there. And as he's preaching, he said, when I was a boy growing up in Baltimore, my dad was not in the home. But he said, bless God, I had a mother that feared God. And one day the boys came. I've told you this before. And they came to me as a teenager and said, let's go out tonight. And let's go out and have a big time. And mother said, Barry, where are you going? I'm going out with the boys. She said, Barry, you're not going out with the boys. He was so embarrassed in front of those friends. But you know, those boys went out and he sulked. But he remembered his mother gave him these verses we just read. And though he was mad at his mother, he remembered that she taught him, my son, if sinners entice thee, consent thou not. And that night, those boys had not planned on it, but they murdered a man. And he said, had I not obeyed the scriptures, and had I not obeyed my mother, I'd not be standing before you preaching God's word today. The Bible gives us rules. Chapter 2, verse 1. Let's read chapter 2, verse 1. Is this a rule? Ready? Begin. My son. And then it says, So that thou incline thine ear unto wisdom, and apply thine heart to understanding. Yea, if thou criest after knowledge, seekest for, then shalt thou understand the fear of God. There's rules. The Bible says in verse number 15, 16, 17, where you get a woman who flatters you with her words, with her appearance. And the Bible says, and this is a rule 19, none that go to her return again, neither take hold of the paths of life, that thou mayest walk, this is a rule, walk in the way of good men. He said, son, you walk with good men. I can tell you in this church tonight, there's a lot of good men to follow their example. They're here on a Wednesday night. I want you to know, and ladies as well. My son, chapter three, forget not my law, but let thine heart keep my commandments. That's a rule. Verses five, five is a rule. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart. Lean not unto thine own understanding. That's a rule. Here's a rule, in all thy ways acknowledge him and he shall direct thy path. Here's a rule, verse nine, honor the Lord with thy substance. You can go through all 30, 31 chapters and you'll find rule after rule after rule. With that being said, rules and conviction tonight. Convictions. And I wouldn't mind it if you wanted to jot some things down, you don't have to. But conviction. You know, it's very important that all of us have convictions, that we govern our lives from conviction, rules, regulations. But I fear that we live in a day like Judges 17, 6. Every man did that which is right in his own eyes. At times, I think we've come to the point where we think that the pastor is there to offer suggestions. I am not here to offer suggestions. I'm to preach God's word to God's people. And I want God's people to listen to the word of God. 
It's an amazing thing what we think a pastor's for. Well, he's there to marry us and bury us. Stay out of our lives. We'll run by the beat of our own drum. Then you don't need a shepherd. Everyone needs a shepherd. I have purpose to have people shepherd my life, though I am a shepherd. I will obey shepherding in my life. And I know that a woman is not a preacher, but there are certain areas, ladies, they don't even know, and men, they don't even know, and pastors, they never know, I've never told them. But if what they tell me, I will listen. I will do. I'll not debate, I'll not fight. I go to them and I ask them, what do you think about this? I will submit myself to their authority. Some are ladies, some are men, some are older, some are much younger than I am. But I want to be under authority. And I want to live my life with convictions. It's difficult in churches nowadays because you have the internet. If you don't like what I've said thus far, you can go to the internet and you can find someone who disagrees with me before you leave this gymnasium. God forbid you have another shepherd. That's like a woman having a couple husbands at the same time. A man having a couple wives at the same time. Shame on you. If we're not careful, we base our convictions off the internet. We base our conviction off our friends or off our peers or off of some theologian we have never met in our life. But pastor said this, my Sunday school teacher said this, my mother, my dad said this, I don't agree with it, but I'm gonna find somebody that will agree with me, you're a fool. That's a very foolish person because you can find someone to agree with you all the time, there's no safety in that. Convictions tonight, here's what's going on in America. I hear it all the time. I've heard it in my office so many times in the last few years. I've heard as people call me as I preach across this country. Here's what people think, and I, it's being espoused by many young preachers in particular. Convictions are based on one thing. I don't believe this. They say it's based on one thing. And if they can't find it, that one thing, I don't obey. I will not agree with it. And preachers, independent fundamental Baptist preachers are saying, convictions are based, and it's true, but not completely true, only on the Bible. Only on the Bible. That is not true. I thank God, and I'll explain the Bible in a moment, a word about it. I thank God for the Bible. My convictions are further reaching than just the Bible. And your convictions ought to be further reaching than simply the Bible. What is a conviction? It means I'm convinced. There are certain things I'm convinced about. This, everything that's in this book. But beyond this book, there's some things I'm convinced about tonight. I want to say, number one, we base convictions on the Word of God. On the Word of God. I agree with those preachers. On the Word of God. Thus saith the Lord, it is written. And so when the Word of God says something to me, I must obey the Word of God. Thy Word have I hid in mine heart that I might not sin against God. 
That's why we read the Word of God, Revelation 1-3. That's why we hear the Word of God read, Revelation 1-3. That's why we keep the Word of God, Revelation 1-3. That's why we meditate, Joshua 1-8. Psalm chapter 119, we meditate upon the Word of God. That's why we memorize the Word of God, Psalm 119. That's why we study the Word of God, 2 Timothy 2.15. We ought to immerse ourselves in the Word of God, God's precious Word. And then we ought to obey the Word of God. Conviction ought to be based upon the Word of God. God's Word says if a man will not work, he should not eat. That's God's Word. God's word says, you honor thy father and thy mother. It never says you honor them till they die. Two years ago, my dad died. Four years ago, my mother died. I see their picture every day. I think about them every day. And in many of the decisions I make, I still want to honor my mother and dad. Yes, we got married. I left mother and father. The Bible says you leave father and mother. You cleave to your wife. But you never get away from honoring thy father and thy mother. My dad had a last name of Treber. You go to a cemetery in Santa Maria, California, and you'll see Gottlieb, Gubby Treber and Emily Treber. That's my last name. That's my mother and dad. And I carry that same name. And I want to be a, a, a recipient of that name that I seek to honor that name the rest of my life. The Word of God. How else do we, how else do we develop convictions? Turn with me to Colossians, please, tonight. Colossians in chapter number 2. I hope we don't miss this this evening because you preachers that I love and you're listening and you say, one thing, it's not in the Bible. All these rules you have, Treber, don't have a lot of rules. What you believe, your practice in life, uh, everybody has a rule. Everybody has a rule. Your line is drawn different than my rule, but wherever you draw the line, that's where your battle's going to be. I preach, doesn't bother me a bit. In every church that I preach in, there's men ushers. But if you've ever preached in a black church, it could be men ushers or it could be lady ushers, normally dressed in white. It doesn't bother me at all. That's their church rule. It's fine with me. So I said, well, you have a rule. We'll get to it. You have a rule that your ushers ought to have ties on. A lot of you don't have ties on. I could care less tonight. You're not an usher. I, um, I, I, I'm just glad you're here. You don't have to have a tie on to come Wednesday night. In fact, I'm thinking about taking my off. I'm so hot up here tonight. I feel a lot better right now taking that tie off. Now look, I'm still going to heaven. Come on now, folks. But I feel better on the journey, too, of life. We say, okay, there's no rule like that. We don't have that rule in our church. Well, then you don't have to have it. But what rule do you have? Well, we don't have rules. Oh, so that means if your ushers come in sandals and shorts, it'd be okay? Well, Oh, then they can take their T-shirts off and come with no shirt on. Well, uh, well they, they, could, they, they could wear a swimming suit and no shirt. See, you do have a rule. God's Word says it's a shame for a man to have long hair. That's what God's Word says. How long is long? Anything that's longer than this. 
is long. I'll tell you that right now. That's God's word. God says long hair on women, it's a frame of the face. So what it does, it frames the face. I think the Bible makes it very clear. It's a shame for a woman to look like a man and a man to look like a woman. That's, that's the Bible. But I want you to see, secondly, convictions are developed not only through the scriptures, but through philosophy. And I'm not talking about the philosophy class that I had in college. Look what it says in chapter 2, verse number 8. Beware, lest any man spoil you or capture you through philosophy and vain deceit after the tradition of men and not after the rudiments and, 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 and after the rudiments of the world and not after Christ. Do you know that every organization has a philosophy? What is the word philosophy? Philosophy is a sum of ideas. I was making a hospital visit at O'Connor Hospital. And by the elevator there, it states their philosophy. They call it a mission statement. Well, I work here. I don't believe in that mission statement. You have to. They hired you. That's their mission statement. Every company has rules. Every company. That is their philosophy. Their philosophy is that you can work remote. You can work at a Starbucks, you can work in the, whatever their rules are, you have, as long as you get your work done. That's their philosophy. Their philosophy is this, or whatever it might be. Every company has a philosophy. Uh, one company I know of, they have a philosophy. If you're in an accident with one of their vehicles, uh, a trucking company, you lose your license. You just lose it. You can't drive for them anymore. They have a right to have that idea, that sum of idea, that philosophy. You know, you can't say, well, I, I don't believe that church ought to have a, Every church has a philosophy. All right, if you don't believe this, then, men, if you get to that door right there and a lady is at the door and you arrive at the door at the same time, what would a gentleman do? Exactly right. You'd open the door. Well, where in the Bible does that say that? You, you dear preacher friends, where are you getting this nonsense? Churches have a philosophy. Churches have a sum of ideas. Where is it in the Bible when the national anthem is played, you stand? I can tell you some football players where they don't believe that. But that's our philosophy in this country. We have had men and women give their lives, their blood for that flag. It represents freedom. It represents liberty. It re represents the right of worship. And I'm not going to disrespect that flag where there are people laid in the ground all over this country and where I've stood in other countries where I see the graves of America and they've been laid to rest. I'm not going to dishonor that flag. That's my philosophy. You can base conviction off of philosophy. This is the way we do it around here. This is the way it's done. Yes, on the Bible. But yes, on philosophy. We have a way we do music around here. Other churches choose to do it different. They can. But I'm not going to change Ephesians 5, 18, speaking to yourselves in Psalms, 
Bible-based songs and hymns, songs that speak about the majesty of God, how great thou art, all hail the power of Jesus' name, a mighty fortress is our God, crown him with many crowns, psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. They need to be based on spirituality, singing and making melody. That word melody is harmony. Music is built off a chord, a triad, one, three, five, a dominant chord, and then two harmony chords with a sleeper chord, the bass part generally a repeat at a different octave of a chord. And it's a beautiful harmony when you sing in harmony. That's what God says, I want harmony. God doesn't want rock and roll music. There's no harmony there. It's, it's racket. It's, 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 it drives a person crazy. And so we speak, to our, that, that's our philosophy around here. We're going to sing songs like you heard Mrs. Strofe just sang that song. What a beautiful, sweet hour of prayer. And I'm sorry we missed prayer meeting tonight. We normally have it that way, but I didn't want you moving around in here this evening. We'll get back to it next week. Number three, and I'm keeping my eye on that clock. I have 12 minutes left. I base convictions off of the scriptures. I base convictions off of philosophy. I base convictions off of heritage. Heritage is when something is passed down to you. It's been given by your parents, your forefathers, and entrusted in your care for its safekeeping. It's heritage. Our nation is removing our heritage. It's a regular basis that every week they're taking down some monument. They're taking down our past. One thing I'm so very proud of Germany, they've left the concentration camps, concentration camps intact. This is what we did to six million Jews. And people are saying now, even in our Congress, it never happened. But they have the living proof it did happen. It's part of their heritage. It's not a proud part of their heritage. I'm a German. My grandfathers uh, were from Germany. My grandmother from Germany went into Russia, served in the Russian army. I, I understand all that. But I want you to know they're born in 1887. But there's some heritage. My grandfathers gave us, I never saw three of my grandparents. One I only saw one time or two times. But heritage. They believed the Bible. They preached the Bible as laymen in German. Uh, they gave us, in our families growing up, my parents had Bible reading and prayer every night of their life. That's a heritage. It's been passed down. My parents did it for us. We did it for our children. And now our children every night pray with their kids. That's our heritage. You know, there's such a thing as heritage. We're removing monuments. But as we flew into St. Louis, no, we didn't fly into St. Louis. Where, where, where did we fly? Chicago to Louisville, Louisville. Welcome to Muhammad Ali Airport. But I remember when Muhammad Ali was Cassius Clay. And I remember when he began to revolt and said, I will not stand for this country. And now we, mean, we take down the original name and now the name is after a man who denied God in a nation that's under God. We have a heritage. I'm not saying all the heritage that we look back to in our history is perfect. 
It's an awful day in America when we had slaveholders. An awful day. Thank God that day, by the grace of God, is past. But there are things that have been passed down. There's family heritage. I would not want to remove the heritage that my mother and dad gave their lives for 91 and 94 years, the heritage that they lived and they passed down. And my sisters feel the same way. We were so blessed to be raised in our home. I don't need to tweak it because my parents were so foolish and so dumb. They didn't understand life. My parents were godly people, God-fearing people. Loved the Bible all their entire life, Sunday school, Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, family prayer, tithing, loved the pastor, loved the church, never caused a split, never opened their mouth against the man of God. At every revival meeting, at every prayer meeting, at every deacon's meeting, at every choir practice, every work day, what a heritage I have. Some of you perhaps have not been given a good heritage. Well, then start it. There's church heritage. I base conviction on church heritage. Our school, Brother Fenera, has a heritage. Something's been passed down. It says on a glass wall when you walk in that this school has been established to train young men and women for the gospel ministry of Jesus Christ. That doesn't mean they all go in the ministry, but that is our ultimate goal. And so one day when some parents revolt and said, we, we don't want that. We, we, we want you to teach. We teach computers and we teach woodshop and we teach this. We teach science labs. We teach math. We teach all, we teach all that. But Paramount, classes will open with prayer and we'll have chapel and preach the word of God and we'll sing the hymns of Zion. And we'll have music classes and not learn rock and roll. There's a heritage in our school. There's a heritage in our college. And I don't understand where this is coming from, but this heritage of this church has always been an independent, fundamental, separated Baptist college. And that's all we've ever promoted. I am not gonna support non-denominationalism. That's not who we are. I witnessed to a lady in the airport yesterday as she was a saved girl in a, 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 the, the Green River Church or whatever they call it. I forget what she said. An oddball name. But you know, I think she really loved the Lord. She gave me a clear testimony of her love for God. She's so thankful my wife and I have been here all these years. Just a sweet little girl in her 20s. What a blessing to talk to her. But I tell you what, she can have whatever heritage she wants. But we're going to have a heritage. We're going to send our kids to school. Church, uh, to schools of like faith and practice. Now, parents, you choose something else, I'm not going to fight you. They're your kids. But I want you to take inventory of how many kids I keep when they go to non-denomination schools. 44 years later. I believe in the church. I don't believe the church is created out of a college. I believe the church creates a college. That's, that's our heritage. Don't try to change this. That heritage was here before you were born. Don't try to be rude. Convictions built off heritage. There's national heritage. You know, a day that it's not in the Bible, you should celebrate Christmas. But we do. That's our heritage. We used to have question and answer time in church on Wednesday, Sunday nights before church. And one lady said, Why? 
Her husband's sitting right there. Big old strapping guy, sweet little girl, little lady. Why? I thought, why are you standing? Why do we celebrate Christmas in this church? I'll never forget it. It was the Holy Spirit of God. I answered, I said, for this reason, my mother and dad were normal. Next question. Don't celebrate Christmas. Good night. I've been on the nice list all year this year. I'm sure my wife has been saving money all year. USA. Where is that in the Bible? It's not, but it's our heritage. There's something with heritage. Masculinity. That's our heritage. That's how God created us. Femininity. That's why God says in 2 Timothy 2, 15, uh, 2, uh, 2 Thessalonians 2.15 that, that we hold to the traditions which were given to us. There's nothing wrong with that, ladies and gentlemen. Now, you might want to choose to have, and there are a dime a dozen. They're all out here. I'm not going to fault you if that's you. You want a rock and roll church? They're everywhere. You want a church that gets it done on Saturday night? Go ahead. You want a church that's one and done on Sunday? That's what it is. But around here, that's not what for 44 years our heritage has been. I don't believe in less church. I believe in more church. I wish, it, I wish God's people would look at the heritage of this church and it's worked. So why are you trying to change it? You dear preacher friends, everywhere I go, oh, we love Brother Treber, and thank God you do, and I love you. But why are you doing all this junk? You're not getting it from any heritage. You're getting it from some guy online. You have no idea who he is. Dr. Duflunky, what are you doing? Where do we get convictions from the scripture, from philosophy, and from history, uh, uh, heritage, and then from history? My college president used to say one of the things we fail to learn from the history is to learn from history. There's some history at this place here. You know, there's always been attack on the Word of God. Paul said to the first generation, after my departure, that's first generation. Shall grievous wolves come in, not sparing the flock, also of your own selves, speaking perverse things, drawing away people, disciples after them. Peter deals with it. And many shall follow their pernicious ways. These ways that will lead to destruction. It's an amazing thing how many people realize that God's done something very special here at North Valley, but then can attack it. It's an amazing thing how many people want to hire our graduates to change them. Well, may I suggest to you raise up your own generation and get them trained in your philosophy, but leave ours alone. Tonight, I, I want us to know that there's always an attack. Paul, uh, Jude said, Beloved, when I gave all diligence to write it to you of the common salvation, it was needful for me to write and exhort you to earnestly contend, fight for the faith, which was once delivered unto the saints. The historic doctrine of the faith were delivered. And they said, men shall creep in among you, verse number four of the book of Jude. They're going to creep in. They'll come alongside. They'll have a new philosophy. They'll have a new conviction. You can have whatever conviction you want. But friend, make sure your conviction mirrors the philosophy of where you've joined. 
I'm so grateful I went to a college that taught what my pastor taught. They taught us about modernism. In the late 1800s, we were not feeling in this country you were religiously trained unless you went to Germany to be under German rationalism. And rationalism says that you are one that rationalizes the scripture. You don't have to believe the scripture. You make the scripture say what you want it to say. And our theologians went to Germany and Europe for German rationalism. And they came back as modernists and questioned everything in the scripture. And modernism led, led to liberalism, theologically speaking. And liberalism led to orthodoxy and neo-orthodoxy. And neo-orthodoxy led to evangelical, new evangelicalism. 1948, uh, 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 Harold at here in Pasadena, California at Fuller Seminary, he coined the word. My uncle was a professor there. And he coined the word, we are now neo-new evangelicals. There's a new standard. And we want to magnify the sciences. And we want to get along with all the brethren, everybody. We're all one big family, all religious groups. Let's get along with one another. And let's not be so dogmatic, number three. Gave seven principles. And let's just chill out. And that new evangelicalism led to evangelicalism, which led to the contemporary church, that led to the emergent church. And now anything goes. Anything goes. One billboard said, bring your six-pack of beer to the next church activity. That's blasphemy against the Word of God. One church, 7,000 people, the man that came and spoke, he spent the entire time, wasn't even saved, swearing in the pulpit. What a tragedy. One of the brochures here in the church said, you come, and we won't make, I mentioned this the other, we won't make much of Jesus. That's blasphemy. And I want to say tonight that there needs to be some draw, lines drawn. What's wrong with Jeremiah 6.16? I'll get thee to the great men. Great means aged men. That's Titus chapter 2. There are some people that know some things that you don't or been in life or had some experiences in life. I do not know how to buy an automobile. I'm not good at it. I haven't bought a car in years. I've had people help me with that. I was buying a used car for my wife a few years ago. I called Pastor Kobernat. I said, Brother Kobernat, who was on our staff for years, I said, I would like to talk to Dan Bybee. He's your staff member. I would never call another church member for any advice or direction or to help me with one project at this church without going first through the pastor. He's the shepherd. I believe in integrity. And I called him and said, will you give me permission to call Dan? Dan was one of my deacons. Dan was in this church. Dan bought my cars. Dan knows how to do it. Good night. He trades cars every three months. He ought to know how to do it. And he said, well, Pastor, you don't have to call me. I said, yes, I do. He said, call him. I called Dan. I said, here's this used car I found. It's a nice-looking thing, but would you, Pastor said I could call you, would you be willing to call the dealer and see what kind of deal you can work? Boy, he's got magic. I don't know if he threatened to arrest him or what, but he had magic, and he got that thing done for me. I, I want to say 
There are people that know some things that could help you. Some of you ladies, Titus too, you, your younger girls are very foolish to go to the internet for advice how to feed a baby. Go to an aged woman. That's Titus chapter 2. Why do you think I hired Brother Bertram? And his daughter that sits next to him tonight. I have so much more to say. We are out of time. Let's stand together, please. Our Father, yes, we thank God for your precious word and how that convictions are formed through the word of God. But I don't ever want to forget history. And I don't ever want to forget heritage. And I don't ever want to forget philosophy and direction. And I thank you that this church, whether it's Sunday school, 10 points, all letter S, what we believe about the Sunday school. I thank you that we have a manual for our deacons, a manual for our nursery workers, manual for our staff. We have direction. And I pray that we not fight against that direction. Lord, I know we haven't arrived. And I pray that people where they see we might be weak in some area would pray and strengthen that as those white blood cells go and rush to a wound. Bless this church. Our heads are bowed and eyes are closed. Tonight, if you want to come forward and just pray about convictions in your marriage and convictions in your home. There's no conviction the Bible says I can't watch TV. But I developed that conviction 35 years ago in New England. I shall never watch a TV by myself in my life ever. I've missed a lot of ball games. But I've kept my wife, myself pure for my wife and our marriage. I haven't given up much. That was just my conviction. Thank you for listening to the audio preaching podcast from North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California, led by Pastor Jack Treber. For more information about our ministry or to find out how to get in contact with us, visit our website at nvbc.org. May God bless you as you serve Him this week.